This week on Waxing the Porpoise, G-Baby and the usual suspect Steve are pleased to welcome back Logan and Thon of the Ghoulish University podcast to close out our two-month Ode to Halloween with The Midnight Hour from 1985, a film that is highly emblematic of the spirit of spooky season. Don't be a pooper. Join us as we wax autumnal discussing this festive flick with a soundtrack that's kicking like Van Damme, LeVar Burton playing a goofy TV movie predator, hypothetical necrophilia, question mark, and get treated to a little red, I mean dead, foreman. The porpoises, midnight hour companions, and keen observers dare to raise the undead inadvertently, invoke a timestamp curse, and throw a party in this big kids on bikes without the bikes having PG-13 attempt at Night of the Demons, but it still fucks. Butterfly in the sky, yo ass is about to get twice as high. Let's wax this moonlit porpoise. Chase, don't do that. You see, we, we're working on his brow chakra. We're just in back of the crown chakra. appearing he watched it last night he's like hey i'm pretty stoned and i'm putting this on now you mind if i just give you my thoughts as i watch it i was like yeah do whatever you want he had a couple funny just like one-liners like need like like how you were like man in hat he's like teacher is a fox (laughs) um this cemetery's dope there's a couple little things I'll, i'll he has he actually made a pretty funny pun that I'll save for the end. So I got um, no gay fan fiction this time. Y'all can rest assured. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I didn't find anything. I, I looked. All right. Welcome back, fellow purveyors of porpoise. We are gathered once again, episode 80, the midnight hour from 1985. This is to cap off our Halloween spooptacular done. What? Eight films the past couple months. Uh, in celebration of the season, uh, doing strictly horror films. And I thought this would be a fun one to kind of cap it off. Uh, it's a little bit lighter. Um, and this is a, a flick that I, I saw a few years ago, um, and now it's become like a yearly staple uh, that I really feel like kind of encapsulates uh, Halloween, puts you in the mood. So I'm excited to talk about it. And we have a couple of special guests uh, joining us tonight as well. Uh, but first of all, uh, you got myself, Jim G. Baby. Welcome to hell, motherfucker! <laughs> and to my virtual right, we have the usual suspect, Steve. These windows are nine inches thick, and if they go, it's INR in two microseconds. <laughs> How's it going, friend? Doing fantastic. How are you? Doing well. Also joining us, our special guests, we got two-thirds mini re- force reunion of the Ghoulish University gang. Uh, first off, we have our headmistress, Logan. It looks like Neptune has just moved from Virgo to Lake Capricorn. <laughs> Hola. How's it going, Logan? I am recovering from a party. Um... As I was kind of telling you guys, I took a shower though, so I'm a I'm a brand new person, but I'm very happy to be here. Very happy to Sweet. talk about this delightful flick. 
Awesome. Yeah, you're being a trooper, so we appreciate you sticking it through. Uh, it'll be a good time. I ain't yellow. <laughs> <laughs> it was at this moment I should have taken the alley-oop and mentioned that we were actually just on, Steve and I, uh, Ghoulish University's uh, Season 3 finale uh, episode of Tales from the Crypt, which was aptly titled Yellow, uh, starring Kirk Douglas and uh, his son, Dan Aykroyd, of all people. So uh, that one's out now uh, as this is released. Uh, check out Goulish University anywhere you get your podcasts. Thanks to Logan for having Steve and I on and putting up with our bullshit. Back to the episode. Um, and then also joining us, we have back once again, Thon. Do you know who you're dealing with? Kill Nasty Nate. It's my bitch. <laughs> How's it going, buddy? <laughs> my cocktail. Fruit. <laughs> Squirrel Master ain't always going to be there for you. <laughs> going going pretty, uh, pretty well there. I like how you had the Crypt Keeper reading the horror scope. I, I tried to get fancy, and that's that was the one that, that really caught my eye, so... Yeah, so we're we're back again talking about the midnight hour. Uh, this was a made-for-TV special, it was an ABC special, I believe, and it actually aired the day after Halloween. Uh, weirdly enough, on November first, in nineteen eighty-five. After that, it was released. They reran it a couple times in the early nineties, and then in the late nineties, it got a limited DVD release. And since it's been out of print, so it is kind of a. It's hard to find. It doesn't get discussed, I think, much with along with the other, you know, seasonal fare that you're used to. Um, but it is on YouTube. People, there's there's a lot of good copies. There's like five or six versions online of varying quality, but it's on there. So I implore you to check it out. I think it's a great, like, hidden gem that, that isn't discussed. So I thought we'd kind of talk about it and show it a little bit of love. If you really want some, if you really want some nostalgia, I saw there's a two-hour version that has all the original 1985 commercials still in it. Oh yeah, I saw that one too. That's awesome. Yeah, I I, I preferred the the hour and 30. Yeah, same here. For time's sake, but yeah. There's another there's a couple that have introed it. There's this really cool channel. I fucking don't have it at the top of my head, but they do uh they they release films like full feature length films online and then they do they'll do like a little in, like a three minute intro talking about it and they'll do an intermission kind of like joe bob style but with way less um cut-ins and they they put out a lot of obscure stuff and this is the version that's the version that i watched because it was the highest uh quality video but yeah, I've seen there's a there's a couple uh there's like they have like 8 hour like 6 hour blocks of like people recording like TV commercials from like August 1992. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Shit's so wild. Like who is watching that? I bet um, Chris would find that interesting. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I I think he sat through probably yes. a few of those to try and find that fucking like he did. like regional Texas like Poncho, oh, you mean Poncho's Mexican buffet? Raise the flag. Raise the flag. Raise the flag. <laughs> yeah, it's infected my life as well, <laughs> motherfucker. Yeah, that shit is <laughs> fucking catchier and shit. I don't know though. I think uh, you did your number on me with the. Uh, what the fuck is it called? Oh, Prestique. The, Prestique. Uh, yeah. Antidepressant. 
commercial <laughs> with the catchiest jingle of all time. <laughs> yeah, I have a YouTube playlist in the car, and that's on it. <laughs> like three times. I've um, looked that up. <laughs> dude, yeah, it, dude, it rules. We'll, we'll hook you up. It's fuck it's such a banger. We'll probably send we'll we'll take us out on that. Um <laughs> uh so uh Steve, I know you weren't familiar with this. Uh although you just shocked me with Salt and Sea. So had you seen this before? No, no, absolutely no, okay. not. I hadn't heard of it. What about you guys, Logan? Nope. First watch on your wreck. Natron. <laughs> no, I hadn't seen it when I when if when you sent it to me and I started playing it, I was like Oh, I'm just I'm sure I've probably saw this and this is gonna bring back memories, but I was like, no, this is first time uh first time watch, but enjoyed it. Sweet. Steve, what's the verdict? Yeah. What'd I you think it. of this one? It was fun. It was a fun fun little romp. <laughs> I, I feel like you're holding back a little bit. No, I mean I will say the 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 corny, cheesy level was almost <laughs> off off the Richter scale, but um, yeah, it was fun. Had a sweet little ending, I thought, that kind of wrapped it all up nicely. I was wondering, though, because, I mean, Logan is so much younger than we are, if if it would have been tougher for her, because it's so much more outdated. Well, yeah, and the familiarity. What, yeah, what'd you think? So you haven't seen Hocus Pocus, Steve, but this movie really did kind of give me those Hocus Pocus feels. Yeah. You know, like, it was, it's got like the high, and I know it was 1985, but Hocus Pocus came out 93? Mm-hmm. Not too much long, not too much, you know, after that. Um, it has kind of the same vibes of like, it literally starts out like in a high school, they're telling like the the tale of the city and the witches that haunt the place or whatever. And mm-hmm. some fucking, some virgin reads the right thing and he blows the right candle out or whatever. And um, no, so it has a lot of those similar beats. And <laughs> funny, similarly enough, it has like a, a mid, mid-movie dance scene that like doesn't technically <laughs> really need to be in there, but really just like sets in the vibes. I was, that's whenever I texted G-Baby that I was so happy he picked me to totally. do this movie was... <laughs> During the like dance scene when they're just Can like, you, hear us? you just cut out. Huh? She's frozen. Huh? Can you hear me? There's yes. Me. Yeah. You're back. You're back. Oh, sorry. It, no, no you're just, good. Basi- just basically the uh, the dance scene was like whenever I was like, yes, this is perfect. So yeah, no, I I loved it. I want to watch it again. I want to make Diego watch it. Sweet. Yeah, I love that. That it's a nice palate cleanser. It's it's needed, I think, at that point in the film. And I dude, like how when, they lean into it, dude. When you said a minute ago that it was an ABC special, I was like, so much makes so much sense now. <laughs> I was like, that yeah. is exactly what this is. <laughs> there are some moments though where it has kind of it shows its teeth a little bit, and I was actually surprised or not i was just kind of puzzled because sometimes it's a it's a weird uh conflict because you think sometimes you know things that are a little bit older or in like that 80s range are more conservative there's like the satanic panic going on and like you know uh like the but then there's other times where they go hard in the paint on stuff too you know so it's it's kind of it's hit or miss but i i was actually when I first saw this, 
it does have all that cheese and kind of it's like it's a little bit corny a little bit schlocky here and there and it's meant for a certain audience you know it's not a gore fest splatter fest kind of horror film but there are some moments where it, it it gets pretty real um like one of my favorite scenes is is towards the end with Brad foreman yeah zombified <laughs> and he's holding that fucking ball of flame like that's I was like, that's fucking rad, dude. Like, he looks menacing as shit. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, there's some... A swift kick in the ass. Yeah. We got a, <laughs> a banging cast, too. Yeah. Like, the, like, like role-playing characters. Yeah. You see in a lot of stuff. I like the... Um, it's also... I thought... I don't, I don't know if you shared the same thought, but it's got, like, a Goonies kind of kids on bikes trope yeah. like summer 84 coming off of that it's got it hits all those archetypes um and i think it it does so like in it, it's a believable way to me like just kind of a cornball movie they're hitting all these beats and i feel like it, it, they're not beating you over the head um like with phil so phil's our main guy he's like the protagonist kind of nerdy kind of dorky he's able to take shit but he's he's the one we're following here he's the one we're with it's his arc um, and then you have the strong female counterpart to him, especially in this one, uh, is Melissa. Uh, and then you have Mitch, who's kind of like the meathead comedic relief, kind of the fat guy character. I, I kind of pegged him as, and like Vinny, I don't know. He seemed like kind of like more comedic, um, for Cootery comedic effect. <laughs> horn dog. Yeah. Yeah. The horn Dude. dog. Yes. Thank Crazy. you. He's all <laughs> all over Melissa at that fucking party, and she is not having it. And it's Lavar Burton. Yeah. <laughs> Dude's got range. He goes from rapey character to fucking wholesome reading rainbow. Yeah, reading Dude. rainbow. Reading I'm I'm, I'm going to be honest. Uh, Lavar Burton was actually my least favorite part of this entire movie. His character, really? his character, just bugged the fuck out of me. <laughs> From beginning to end, the ketchup on his fucking mummy costume. The fuck was he thinking? Well, and then the egg. What the fuck? And is then that? the egg. Yeah. What is the egg simulating? Yeah, like, yeah. Once he cracks the egg, what are you going there for? There, like slime, like ectoplasm or something. It's just like symbology. Um, <laughs> yeah, I think that's where I kind of had it with him too. I was like, okay, guy. It's like just rummaging his hand right through the fridge and taking a a a bite full of cake, and then he's like, "Ooh, ketchup, blood! I'll run with it." But then there's and the then egg, the egg right there. Like, yeah, why? <laughs> come on, yeah. baby. Yeah, yeah it's and then he the wants way- to get some while smelling like that. Yeah. Can we take one second though to go back? The title card for this movie was fucking awesome how it's like just the kid like cutting himself on the chain on his bike and then it cuts into the title card and it's it's the midnight hour yeah i did like the intro quite a bit and and i will say i didn't realize this was a tv movie until after i watched it and i don't know why but it made me like it a little bit more mm. I, really? I, I don't know why yeah it, it just made it a little more endearing after the fact like oh that's cute it was a tv movie not not like a big thing. Yeah. It right gives on. it some heart. It's it's very reminiscent of some other like things. I I know there's other TV movies that came out when I was a kid that seemed almost like this. 
Really? So it gave me those kind of nostalgic vibes. The opening scene was was one that really got me. I was like, that's what I was talking about. Like, well, maybe I have seen this before, but yeah, yeah. Um, it might have just been another one. There's probably a dozen more of these types of TV movie things that are been lost. Yeah, it did have a very uh, like familiar feeling at the mm-hmm. beginning, like the and I I like how it puts you like right in the like it, it zooms down over Elm Street. I know this came out pretty close to the original Elm Street, so I don't know how much of a nod that is, or if that's just kind of happenstance because that is a super common street name in you know small town America or whatever. But um, yeah, I love when the he hits the bike chain in the fucking blood and he just like sucks it just like starts drinking that like a man like all right <laughs> as he's putting that the bike card funny thing i actually looked at this because our our buddy dick dog of yep. uh Coors Light chronicles <laughs> fame i texted him i was like rob owens dodgers early to mid 80s what can you tell me and shockingly enough he came back he's like i got nothing and that and that's after googling and trying to search for him too i was like what bullshit i tried looking him up i couldn't find anything online i, I was wondering so, if and i had the same thought about dick dog like somewhere if he's watching it's so like oh great first baseman from the fucking <laughs> yeah but he didn't exist they made him up for this movie or what the name that's what i'm kind of thinking sound familiar to me but i didn't yeah i didn't bother taking the time to look it up it looked like a legit like top style like baseball card you know yeah. like so I'm I'm curious now. Maybe that's a or it could be like a side molehill for old Christopher uh if, to see if they made him up for the film or if it's just like he's been lost to the the the, the baseball stat guns would seem seems unlikely especially so, these days but So that that's kind of a loose segue into something I wanted to ask you guys about because I don't know if it's different for a regular film or a made for TV movie but I could not figure out why this movie had such a fucking banger ass soundtrack. Yes. Thank you, dude. From beginning to end, I was like, (laughs) I I didn't get it. They must've spent 99.9% of their budget on paying for like these songs. But then when I found out it was a TV movie, I was wondering, are the rules different? Maybe, maybe, or maybe when you have the pull of like ABC behind you, they're able to, pull different strings or maybe it is just different for something that's not released in theaters. What were you going to say, Thon? Yeah. So part of my, part of my notes here was soundtrack is baller. Yes. Um, but, then so I also said, but then I said, uh, and uh, it's, it's when the, uh, when the Smiths came on, I was like, dude, this soundtrack has been killing it this whole time. <laughs> and then, uh, then I realized, but they do repeat the same, like three songs. I think maybe they could only license. <laughs> like, Four songs total or something. I I looked it up. They did have, it it wasn't like a 10, 12 song, but yeah, they had like seven or eight. I think that kind of, they slip into the background. Cause when I looked at it too, it seemed like more than I heard. Cause I remember hearing the Smiths play like two or three times. They definitely played in the midnight hour by Wilson Pickett a couple times, but so they played (laughs) Wilson Pickett, Creedence Clearwater, Three Dog Night. Yep. uh, Fucking Sam, the Sham and the Pharaohs, which that's just such a fucking rad band name with the the little red riding hood song yeah uh, i forgot about that one the smiths they played like three or four other like 50s fucking doo-wop yeah. shits like bobby v was one that i picked out and then like two or three other ones um 
the the doo-wop songs the three or four that they played all kind of meld together so maybe that's why but they had like yeah like nine or ten like stacked songs that they played throughout this flick well and we had, yeah. we had just been talking about i think the smiths might be my favorite band of all time but i think that is my least favorite smith song dude that's all so time. wild because wow. i was saying i just I, I he reminded me when we were watching deathgasm which is like music centric horror film yeah. and he's like yeah talking about like the smiths is his favorite and when i rewatched this i was like oh fuck he's gonna cream himself and then sure as shit it's like that's <laughs> your most the one that he doesn't like <laughs> wow it's, it, what i mean it's, it's fine i just it's just my <laughs> least favorite i think maybe it's just because it's played so much like I've seen the wedding singer a hundred thousand times, and that's <laughs> it's in that one. It is. I keep going back to the herdsman. <laughs> there he goes off to write his hit song "Alone in My Principles." <laughs> yeah, somebody want to get Fabian away from me? Great soundtrack. Yeah, I loved it. I'm glad you guys keyed in on that. What did you think of the soundtrack, Logan? Were you digging it? Yeah, it was good. I mean, I. Uh... I didn't know most of it, but I was like, this fucks. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, landing in the midnight hour was probably job one for this film. And I uh-huh. it, I think it ma- it ties together so well, it, uh, besides title. On my playlist, for sure. <laughs> nice. I have on here, they love that midnight hour song. Because oh, yeah. it's not just like it's the song <laughs> in the background. It's someone turning on that song specifically. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> i like the uh the cut the uh song that they made for the movie too like uh, i think it's called get dead something like that mm-hmm. it had a kind of a catchy hook on the chorus but Wrong. i saw some other people say and it did sound like <laughs> yeah they were trying to cash in on like like thriller kind of going with like a thriller vibe and i think some of the background dancers people were carryovers from thriller as well which i thought was interesting but um yeah, I mean, it's funny because one of the little pieces of trivia is there is like a thriller connection. But even before then, when uh, Melissa first gets turned by her great whatever, just her makeup, I was like, this bitch looks like she's straight out of the thriller video. And, <laughs> and then when they do the music video or the music video type dancing with that horrific song, I don't know why you like it. Um, <laughs> I do like that song. It's oh, just man. I didn't say it was good. I said it was hooky. It had <laughs> that, on, no, that I chorus. Actually, I like did the, shazam it. What's the name of that song? How soon is now? That's oh yeah, Smith. That's, that's, yeah. that. <laughs> that's the one when she gets turned. Yeah, yeah. I could have yeah. gone without all the the red wine. I was like, no, the wine. <laughs> <laughs> it's going well, to you, waste. If, if you like that one, you will probably like every other song they've ever made better. But <laughs> maybe wow. that's just me. <laughs> I like all these songs were uh getting introduced too. They got they got Wolfman Jack on the radio yes. to do it. Yes. Yeah. Can't can't forget to talk about him. Um I only knew him honestly from American Graffiti. I think that's probably people around our age, twenties and thirties would maybe know him from, but I guess he was actually a real person. I always thought he was a fictional from <laughs> American graffiti. I thought he was like a like a fictional kind of legend that they had made up, but I just know his name. I don't know anything else about him. I don't either really. I just know he he was popular between like the sixties, seventies ish, real popular, just like DJ. Yeah. 
I noticed um I noticed in the credits, like the opening credits, it said like Wolfman Jack as and then it was like the voice. And I was like, interesting. Um but yeah, I noticed that too. And then like I I didn't recognize it, but I as soon as I heard it, I was like, I'm sure that's exactly who the voice is. He's very wolf like in appearance, mm-hmm. so the name is fitting for sure. Although in American Graffiti, he's played by someone else who's not Wolfman Jack, in point of fact, which is weird. He had a face for radio. Yeah. Some people are are just good for the voice. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, he's got some, he's got a distinct set of pipes on him, that's for sure. Um, I guess to to like set up the film too, I I really like the the first uh, kind of stroll through the town, like giving you like the context that you're in, you know, like Mayberry kind of place. But it does. I like that it's in New England too. Something about that that region, you know. Yeah. You think of like Salem and witches. This is heavily involved with witches. But I thought it was funny. It was crazy that. Like it's set in modern day. The film is in 1985, ostensibly, and there's still a fucking milkman. It's like, goddamn. To me, that's I think of milkman. I think of like 50s, you know, and shit like that. Like they were still around. That whole town was still stuck in the 50s. The cars, (laughs) the music, like they were in the 50s still. Yeah, I mean they they had a guy that looked like the you would call him the druggist, not the pharmacist. You know, going out for the paper and like the flag being raised at like the VFW hall and uh, the town square. And like, he's handing an old lady, the paper. I was wondering, I, I know it was filmed in LA on like universal studios. So I'm, I'm pretty sure this is the same town center square as back to the future. It seemed like that. I can't verify that, but as soon as I, it like zooms out and you see that triangle, like city square, I I thought automatically, you know, like save the clock tower. Like this was, it, it seemed familiar. Like they must've yeah. reused this. Uh, but set. it's still pretty picturesque. Like I like the kind of mood it puts you in like this. It's got heavy, heavy fall, heavy Halloween vibes. Why did he, why did he, why did he give a newspaper to the milkman? He's out on his route. This is not, this it's is not a delivery. <laughs> The milkman just, out, out on his deliveries is not on the paper route. Well, maybe that's just the way he catches them. They have an arrangement. Bullshit. <laughs> back, to, back to that town square for just a second. It reminded me a lot of Scream. From, oh, like, yeah. Oh, yeah. Town square as totally. well. Fuck yeah. You've yeah, seen Scream, Town USA, Jerry. Oh, yeah. Okay. Um, can we talk about the scene when all the all the dead come back to life and like they're all like they're all bursting out of their graves and you're seeing all the different kinds of like you got the ones who are like old and rotted and then you got Sandy who looks fresh. <laughs> I yeah, was wondering is. about that. Like why is there the difference? She's the only one other than the There's one other like boy who looks that I noticed at least. But yeah, she's the only one who looks like she was just buried yesterday. Other than the the main other undead. Than Lucinda. Yeah, Lucinda. Yeah, but she's a witch. They that's that's their thing. I was bothered by this too, and by happenstance when I was prepping for this, I saw a little I saw the actual invocation and I think someone claimed online too this is why, but um cuz there's also that weird opera fucking singer at the end that seems to be like <laughs> 
calling all of them to their final point or whatever. There's a few other little people too that don't look as zombified and like pale and dead and shit. And it, it's it does say in like the when they're reading the scroll that's where all hell breaks loose. They say like something like the the uh, the demons. Uh, will be arisen and the undead with unfinished business. So I was like, okay, that's kind of your, but I don't know what Sandy's unfinished business is. Uh, Yeah. What the hell? Right. Sorry. She never made out at lookout point. She never went all the way in the back seat. Yeah. She was pretty frisky. He was right. She had unfinished business. I've been fucking waiting for this. Established. So that's when I saw that, I was like, okay. I mean, if you have it in there, fine. Well, so and she had also, she had also only been dead 30 years at this point, right? And everybody else might have been dead longer. Well, Maybe no, she, there, like the serial killer, yeah. he had died yeah. like in the 70s or something like that, or even like in the mm. 80s. And he was disgusting. Yeah. <laughs> huh. Well, maybe yeah, she was, I didn't get. Maybe she was embalmed and they weren't because I've, I've heard of them like exhuming bodies that have been embalmed 50 years later. And they're like, it's really creepy. They look almost exactly the same depending on uh, the condition of the ground they're in. Uh, hmm. I don't think poor Sandy was embalmed, but she wasn't a fucking pharaoh in the 1200s or whatever the fuck they that was. Do you, mean, do you mean mummified? Yeah. <laughs> Isn't that the same thing? No. People get embalmed. Oh, right. Regularly. Just, that's where they just get drained out like the and replaced with formaldehyde, right? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Maybe it's just because she's a sweet young lady and that's why she came back I, looking. She's an innocent. Yeah. Yeah. I have in here, I have in my notes here, what are the rules? Because they're not like, like Sandy's looks fresh, looks passes as a regular high school girl. Um, you have like, werewolf you have zombies some of them are just zombies and they moan and, they just and some of them can time. just talk regular and some of them can <laughs> like <laughs> sing opera and like you know what's going on the little dude the little dude was awesome yeah he was cool but yeah he seemed almost like alien like like a, a different variant of zombie and then they had like i mean lucinda's dracula all of a sudden some some are like vam- vampiric, like they she's a witch have and she's a teeth. vampire. That's what I said. I said, wait, she's a vampire. What? I thought she was a witch. Yeah, Why? it's the vampire stuff all of a sudden. Yeah, it, it is a little. Yeah, I felt like they were tr- they were trying to like pull gently at like the universal monster, like the idea of like a, a Dracula, like a Frankenstein zombie, maybe. Um, though I mean, obviously they had a Wolfman. Um, maybe it would have been a little too on the nose if they had had some kind of like reptile or amphibian, like, yeah, like cognate for like the Black Lagoon uh, character. But, um, yeah, that might have made it a little corny. They sprinkled <laughs> a little bit of everything in. I did like that at the at, there's like around the two thirds point. Um, talking about this when they go to the the police station. And they're describing all the fucking shit that's going down in this town after hell is broken loose. And like the bullet points are like zombies are breaking into businesses. There's talk of werewolves and vampires being seen mass vandalism at the graveyard and body theft. 
and someone broke into the witch museum and Mrs. Phillips on Jackson Street swears she saw her husband turn into a bat, fly out the window heading north on Main Street. And the fucking like red foreman is like the chief or he's the main guy. They're like, ah, werewolves, coffin blowing out of the fucking cemetery. This is their way to get back at the cops. It's like they don't give a fuck. <laughs> My favorite part about that is all of uh, everything that you just said. And then um, what's her name? Sandy, the cheerleader. Yeah. Is like, see, I told you you couldn't trust the fuzz. And the cops are like, fuzz? Whoa, fuzz. They're, like, baffled. <laughs> They're like, we haven't heard that in a long time. <laughs> I did love that too. At what like, point was Phil going to think about this random girl who he's never seen before? At what point was he going to not say like, you know what? I wonder if she's one of the dead. Is it just because she didn't look ugly? Like. He's like, she's a, she's an attractive young woman. There's no way she could be dead. <laughs> I mean, maybe, but they did go to like links that when they intro her, they, they drop little hints for the audience. Like that something's a little off about her that maybe oh, we knew. A little bit quicker on the uptake. He would have picked up yeah, on maybe. I think you might be surprised how much obvious stuff a horny young man will overlook <laughs> also true and a very good point it's true i mean she could have literally looked like one of the zombies but if she was like giving him attention was like hey let's go fuck it look out point whatever yeah like nice shoes you want to fuck yeah he'd he, have been like great costume yeah <laughs> he, he was being a little bit of a prude whenever she was trying to make out with him he was like mm -hmm. yeah he was yeah like, he does oh, have a look like I look like Rick Moranis. Well, yeah, he does. <laughs> does, dude. His face paint oh, kind of bothers me too. I'm like, and he, how like doped out he thinks he is. It's like that clashes with your Dracula presentation. With You're going out with that fucking wig. What is that? Yeah, what the fuck was that? I was like, he he built up to it this whole time. He's like, yeah, my costume's fucking awesome. And then he literally makes his entire family close their eyes. He's like, y'all gotta close your eyes. And then he comes yeah. out and he's like. And I was like, that's it. Yeah. <laughs> Not only that, he passed on like his ancestral garb when they were stealing the witch thing. He was like, they were like, oh, you sure you don't want this? This was your great grandfather's or whatever. And he was like, no, I got something in store for Halloween. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just just you wait. Mind. Yeah. I was like, dude, how long did that take you to frame up that fucking that geometric fucking triangle on his nose and chin? It's like. Dude, yeah, you could have been the fucking Witchfinder General or whatever the fuck. Like, <laughs> Witchfinder General. What is it? it? Seems like the witch. Isn't which, which what's that from? That's in my head. You thinking a Postmaster General? <laughs> okay. <laughs> I don't know why. It's one of those. It's a tick that I have. It's like I just appended that, like thinking that's what it is, and I was like, I don't think that's what it is, but I'm gonna run with it. Um. Yeah, the witch hunter general, rather. Um, yeah, there's, there's some. There's lore. no general. I don't know. Just no general. I think it's just the witch hunter. Really? Yeah, I, I must so. think, be thinking of something else. But uh, yeah, so I mean, there's there's historical like like the the guy Phil mirrors uh, Melissa, who is the like they're the great 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 grandchildren of these two figures of the town 
opposing one another. So like your hero figure, the savior, which is Phil. Um, I can't remember his last name. Um, Gren- Gren- Grenville. Grendel Grenwald or something. Grenville. Gren- Grenville. And then there's Lucinda, whose great-great-great-granddaughter is uh, Melissa. Melissa, played by Sherry Belafonte. I, I, I know she's a famous figure by virtue of what she did and her dad, her, Henry Belafonte. Um, I think that that's definitely past my time. I, I only know the name by reputation. Um, and he was like a me, like kind of like a Jack of all trades, like musician, actor, just, I mean, you know, Beetlejuice, you know, the songs. Yeah. It's like Deo. Um, but oh, beyond that, him? like I jump in the know. line. Yeah. Oh, cool. Yeah. I think all I know is Calypso and uh, Belafonte. But anyway, she's in it. And um, so they're they're both channeling their ancestors in this uh, this fight with the town and uh, a whole a horde of undead are unleashed. And then it's kind of off to the races trying to figure out how to reverse the curse. This the Bill and or the not Bill Phil and Sandy kind of side plot starts about halfway through the film, and that kind of carries us through uh, in parallel with trying to undo this curse that's befallen. I don't think we we mentioned the name of the town yet either. It, it's uh, Pitchford Cove, which their fun name for it is Pitchfork Cove from the, all the witch history and lore. Um, let's see. Can we talk about, um, as a dental assistant, watching that beginning oh, part? Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> that was fucking awesome. No, it's just even funnier, too, because you hear the woman yelling in the back, and then they go, oh, she's just here for her cleaning. I fucking <laughs> howled, because I worked for a, a periodontist specifically, which I think the dad may have been, because it said DDS. I don't know if that's like... I work for a pediatrician now, so I'm not entirely sure if DDS is like just a regular dentist or if like, I know that my, the periodontist I worked for, he had a bunch of other different letters, but anyway, we had patients who would come in who legitimately were like that, who like, they would be yelling <laughs> during their cleaning. So I was just beside myself at the beginning. Cause I was like, Oh shit, someone's getting a tooth pulled. And then they're like, she's just here for her cleaning. And I was like, oh, That's my awesome. God. <laughs> Don't use a drill for a cleaning. Yeah, he though. definitely he definitely had a drill. Oh, yeah. he was working in a filling afterwards, maybe. Yeah, that that is true. They don't use drills during cleaning. And he did not want to give Novocaine. Yeah. He said, I don't believe in Novocaine, bitch. <laughs> I'm just gonna fix this one thing real right quick. <laughs> King King Roland wanted to get in there and <laughs> Um, Spaceballs there, G G baby. Oh yeah, that's the honestly that's the only thing I know Dick Van Patten from, except for his name. The Van Patten name is Mm. like resonates in my bangs around in my brain. But yeah, and then it attaches directly to Spaceballs. (laughs) So the um the uh the tales from the crypt girly and me watched this, and I was expecting the ending to be. Oh, that that patient's niece comes into town and she looks just like Sandy and like they get introduced right at the end. So like instead of him driving off into the the night, I thought it was going to cut to like school the next day. Everyone's like, well, this weekend was so crazy. I don't remember anything. (laughs) 
And then, like, all of a sudden, they're like, introducing our new student. And it's, like, Sandy. But, like, yeah, not Sandy. I was expecting that, but Man- I didn't Mandy. get that, <laughs> No, instead it ends with everyone dead. <laughs> <laughs> I was so shocked. They just all, everyone's gone now? <laughs> I don't think so. I think it, they just were like, you can figure out the rest. <laughs> yeah, I thought, no, that- I thought they came back. No, yeah, they come back. Okay, when? What scene? Well, well we I think they, it's them. just implied because his he, like he's in new clothes. His cars, which was fixed. fucked up by the Wolfman, is all fixed and nice. And yeah, the ju- the zombie judge rammed into his car and fucking his shit's all dope now. I, I that is like a good the, point, uh, though, Logan. I did like I, the- I, th- I thought that uh, they could have taken, especially being like an ABC made for TV movie, they definitely could have taken the easy way out and presented oh like yeah here's here's your super duper happy ending and phil gets the girl and like i'm glad they didn't do that instead she only lives on in his memories <laughs> and no one will know about it because no one will believe it <laughs> i swear so i made out i made out with a girl she's just dead now <laughs> i yeah. made out with a cheerleader there was a hot cheerleader and she was so into me she, was she wanted hot. me so bad. <laughs> she yeah. was she was way hotter than Mary or whatever. Oh yeah, her, her face is. He Mary, ma- Mary was like, I don't give a fuck about you. <laughs> she wanted Frankenstein. She wanted Frankenstein, <laughs> and she got Frankenstein. She got him. <laughs> Pardon me, Mister Perfect. <laughs> <laughs> I did like the uh, the holier than thou judge speech to his kid about if you if you fucking get in trouble, I'm not going to bail you out. And then when yeah. he's zombie driving later, his kid's like, he's probably drunk driving again. I'm like, wait, that's <laughs> yeah. yeah, I got to go drive my old man out. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> for a judge, Jesus, dude, I noticed Over that too. He was he was hitting that fucking scotch or whiskey or whatever really hard. He was slapping his son around. <laughs> Like, yeah, I know you stole that shit. He looked familiar. I know I've seen him in something else before. Inner space. I don't know. That's Quaid. And Martin Short. I've never Meg seen Ryan. Him. Oh, so good. Jack you gotta, Nicholson you gotta go now on. or Jack Nicholson 1974? <laughs> <laughs> Meg Ryan. I did like when they were going to steal the the costumes. Never heard this like parlance of the time, but he's like, "Come on, don't be a pooper." Like, what? I didn't hear. I didn't catch. That. Yeah, because uh, what's his name? Rick Moranis, looking ass. Phil was like, "Oh, I don't know." Oh, and I, and I think it's um, Lavar is like, "Come on, don't be a pooper." Let's go. I'm like, what? Oh, Who says that's, that? That's <laughs> rough. I mean, if you don't uh, like spaghetti and meatballs, why don't you get the hell out? Hey, listen, I'll come down there and give you a crew cut, mister. I want What's spaghetti your... and meatballs. Let's see your clippers. <laughs> um, he's also, the judge is also in UHF with the Weird Al. Okay. Movie. Yeah. Yeah. That's exactly it. Dude, X8, I love XHF. That's that not awesome what movie. it's called. What? UHF. UHF, sorry. Yeah, I've been sick, sipping on Grandpa's cough mess medicine a little <laughs> bit tonight. 
Um, dude, that's a that's a highly underrated flick. Weird Al, it Michael is. Richards doesn't get enough love at all. It's, it's on Amazon Prime. Go check it out. Oh, sweet. I went into that with about zero percent. Like I was like, this is gonna be terrible, and I loved it. It's it's awesome. I've never seen it. Is it Michael Richards pre? Uh, pre meltdown, pre pre Seinfeld. Okay. Oh yeah. shit! Okay, <laughs> like pre uh, problem child. Um, just to kind of go back to the start of the movie here, a couple, couple things. One, Halloween three skull mask. Yeah, vibes. I saw that. Yes. I noticed right that at the start, beginning, right at the start there, and then the uh, the history report that he gives on his family. It was low key racist, right? How like, so? <laughs> Refresh my memory. Lucinda well, because, was a slave that put a owner. Yes, and yes. Lucinda was a slave that put a curse on the town because they were murdering her for being a witch, and then like he's So here's the thing, too, though. I was like, if this movie were to come out today, Lucinda would not be the villain. You know what I mean? Like, especially oh. given how, like, how how yeah. today we would look at whoever Phil's great great granddaddy. We would look at him and we would be like, "Fuck this guy for putting, you know, like for putting another woman through a witch trial." Like, because nowadays we look at the witch trials and we're like, "Oh, those are so anti women." And you know, like that's if this movie were made today, like she would not be the bad guy. She would be the misunderstood, like. Not anti-hero, but she would definitely like she would be a villain with a reason. Which she still is a villain with a reason, but like we're we don't support her. I sh- I wanted to though. I was like, oh, witch, let's fucking go. And then I was like, oh, <laughs> like she's just a straight bad guy. <laughs> yeah, that is a good point. I mean, maybe maybe it's just me, but I didn't even really think of her as like a a a villain in this. What what what? What's, she's what's just word, like an catalyst? interloper. <laughs> antagonist no, I, yeah i don't know I, I i just didn't think of her as like oh fuck here she comes <laughs> yeah they, well that's the other thing like i thought she was going to be like the leader of everything but she was just as she, like she wasn't like leading the demons anywhere or the anything like that like i thought that she was going to be more trying to take over the town and all that kind of stuff but yeah she wasn't she kind of passed well, it I mean, on to melissa yeah She's like working vicariously through her kind of, but I mean, honestly, they're, they're only as, as, uh, exposed by Sandy later on about like the whole curse and everything. Um, they, she only has to wait it out till midnight and then the curse becomes, you know, unbreakable or un oh, unresolvable huh. or whatever. And then, so she wins and I mean, yeah, she is I, taking over. She's converting like an entire yeah. house full of party goer, high school party goers, like 30, 40, 50. And then it spreads throughout the town. So she is taking them under control and she's trying to keep it that way and play keep away from all the different, you know, fill in the gap relics that they need to reverse the curse, you know? Um, yeah, speaking maybe, of which, so oh, she didn't really have to be on the offensive, you know, about taking shit over. She just needed to bide time and like kind of like absorb all the threats around her. I guess I don't know. Yeah, she just needs to make make the things move. But also, the guy who was supposed to be guarding the 
the museum the whole night. He was not as much of a problem as I thought he was going to be. He gets, yeah. he gets taken care of pretty quickly. Yeah. Yeah, that is a weird choice because I've seen this a few times and every time I'm like, oh, yeah, here's the kind of like, uh, you know, the, the wrench that they throw yeah. in that's going to be a, a problem <laughs> at the, you know, the one third mark and then he'll come back later. And then the, he, he's like a sub boss, like a side villain. Yeah. And, he's but the, yeah, he's he's very like super, super, superfluous in this film. Like he, he's just here. They introduce him like, oh, and then he gets fucking fucked up by Wolfman. And then that's he's dispatched. His dogs are gone. But, yeah. He kind of thought well, he was going to. Oh, go ahead. Sorry. I was just gonna say about him what is he feeding his dogs are those fucking just like night crawlers or they look like worms i couldn't tell what he's feet he's there at the back of the truck and he's pulling something out of like it looks like a coffee can and they look like big long worms to me it looked like raw bacon really but it looked a little bit more sinewy and like like slimy but, well i was watching it on like a laptop so i, I didn't get a ton of detail hmm. Anyway, not to derail us, I was I was like, what is he fucking, what are those treats? Because they don't look like anything I've seen before other than a fucking nightcrawler. Yeah, he just let his dogs run away, though. <laughs> he didn't give a fuck. Yeah. <laughs> and they go out of their, their way to show that he's chewing, like, Redman or Levi Garrett and struggling with it. Like, why is that a character choice, but... It's called art. Yeah. All right. <laughs> um, yeah, we've kind of been all over the place uh, with this flick so far, but um, I think, oh, one of my favorite parts. So some of the costumes within the, uh, so there's this big, of course, there's a big party that the, the high school kids are throwing and this kind of, um, is like one of the main uh, settings, uh, key scenes where everyone's there, they get turned, but uh, some of the costumes, one, the one I think I liked the most was the gal dressed up as the box of soap. Yeah. Like that bubbles. was so 80s. <laughs> That's I really the, that. only, the only one that stuck out. I mean, everything else is pretty generic, but did you guys pick out any other ones that you thought were cool or interesting for the time? Well, the hot, the hot substitute teacher that was the chaperone making weird comments to the kids and asking for wine uh, was Dave, David, David, David Bowie. Yeah. yeah. I love that one. Well, androgyny going on. <clears throat> well, yeah, and and she's she, fucking getting <laughs> real close with Mitch at the end, too. Dude, Very that weird. was super <laughs> creepy. Right. <laughs> well, I mean, what? fuck, if she was like, say she was like a 23, 24-year-old, like, graduate assistant or whatever the fuck they are. And he's 18. He's a senior. It's like, well, no, I guess I should clarify. It's not creepy that like he wants to get with her. It's. Oh yeah. But that she's like into him so much, so easily. Like, yeah. When did Greece come out? Seventies. Because if y'all remember, there's like a teenage girl who's making out with like the fucking weatherman at the end of that movie. So I think back then it was like almost encouraged in a weird way, if that makes sense. I don't know if y'all remember that. 78? Yeah. I I just watched Grease earlier this year whenever, um, shit, may she rest in peace. 
Sandy. Olivia. Olivia, Olivia Newton-John. Newton John. Yeah. After she passed away. Was that this year? I think that was a couple years ago. I feel like it was during the yeah. pandemic, though. So yeah. maybe within two or years. three years. No fucking way. Yeah. Pretty sure. Also, That's one I've never, I've never seen all the way through. I've avoided that like the plague because it was my mom's favorite movie. I just hated it at the time when she was like watching it when I was a little kid. August like, 8, 2022. So it's been one year. Damn. <clears throat> I didn't realize it was that re dude. That's weird how time works. I f- I could have sworn that was like twenty or twenty one that she passed. Crazy. Yeah, rest in peace. Um, but yeah, anyway, weird weird adults who hit on teenagers was not all that. All why that. couldn't she? Why couldn't she get her own alcohol? Why did she have to ask for the wine? She kept having to ask. Can you go get me some more wine for the shop? She's like 22, 23 and she's a teacher. She's broke as fuck. She's like, am I gonna get free alcohol, please? <laughs> well, and she yeah, also. I mean, she she also sort of creepily hinted, like, do you guys have any wine? Just for the chaperones, of course. Like, wink, wink. Uh, I'll let you guys drink, no problem. As I'm long as cool, I'm a cool adult. As long as you the don't most wholesome, the most wholesome <laughs> Halloween high school party featured oh, in yeah. any movie ever. The most sanitized for sure. Yeah, because I was like, they they're using her as like a, a a mechanism to get down to the basement to get some. Melissa, ostensibly, uh, but someone we need to get down there. We need to have that happen. It's like you and could then, easily just been like, yeah, have a pack of some of these kids. Like, we're gonna turn up and fucking. There's a wine cellar down there. Yeah, people would have been getting fucked up. And but and it is an ABC exploding wine bottles. That was weird. It's like, why is that happening right now? And they're not exploding. They're like, it's like the cork has popped out and they're like, they're pissing out yeah. like, in an arc, you know, like just the energy in the room was so the pressure, the paranormal, the, the supernatural energy. Yeah. Did they, did they even establish and I missed it, how the substitute teacher got invited to the party? She was just there like, Hey, yeah, we met you sure. earlier today for the first time. Do you want to come to this party of just kids? Because she was dressed as David Bowie, I didn't realize it was even the substitute teacher until Mitch said something about being the teacher. Yeah, she does look way different because she her hair is like banging out of control, like '80s style when she's the teacher, like real wide that fucking whatever that is that they that gals used to do. But and then yeah, when she comes as Bowie, it's fucking slick back. It's like tight. Like she does look like a completely different person. I will say that for sure. Um, yeah, I, I I like everything at the house, like the party stuff. It's pretty cool. It, it does drag, I guess, in some spots. If if we're being real, I mean, this is not a perfect movie, and I think its biggest sin is there are a few parts that feel like they drag quite a bit. Um, I think my biggest problem, though, too, is towards the end when they get to they figure out, okay, to reverse this curse, we got to get. I mean, Sandy, like, fortunately (laughs) enough, knows like all the fucking steps. She's like, did you say a curse? Like, oh, well, here's the perfect antidote for you. You have to get the fucking Witchfinder General uh, ring. You got to get the fucking scroll, some wax and fucking pieces of bones or whatever and seal it all up. Why like, didn't his what? body come back? Yeah. Good he point. He didn't have I didn't unfinished business, maybe. Well, and I also love the, the part where 
she's like, uh, well, what exactly did you do? And he's like, nothing. We just recited a curse that invited Satan back to Earth. Like, yeah. I, I love I'm those glad. type of scenes. Like, what? Uh, nothing. We just um, planted a bomb in, in the the White House. <laughs> <laughs> like, well, yeah, obviously that's going to be a problem, but. Yeah, don't did you not connect the dots as you were saying that of what's going yeah. on? Here? Shortly right, but shortly right after that too, he goes like she sits there and he she explains the whole thing that that G Baby just said about you have to do get the bones and you have to do this and you have to do this and you have to it all has to be done by midnight and he's like well then what happens at midnight and then she says like whatever in the curse or whatever like what or happens else the, the curse will go on go on forever, forever. and this and that and he goes. He says, I have, it, I have it written down here. He says, well, those are the exact words of the curse. I was like, why did you, why did you ask what was going to happen if you knew what the curse says? It's like weird. That's exactly That's what point. I said out loud. Huh. Yeah. Bizarre. Uh, good point. Yeah, I'm glad you picked up on that, Steve, because that that part hit me this time especially too. And I, made, I I I clipped that out because it was so fun. We took him to the cemetery. Mitch and Melissa kept him. That's when we found this old parchment inside Nathaniel Grimble's trunk. We goofed around with this ritual, but that's it. Phil, <laughs> Phil, what kind of ritual? Phil, it was something about raising the dead, setting free all the demons of hell, but nothing happened. <laughs> It's like that exact thing, because <laughs> it it really didn't in his mind. Like, like they yeah. went there, they said, "Oh, this is some buffoonery," you know. Like we're fucking how's that know, dressing up, read from the scroll, and then they left. And it wasn't until after they left that fucking graves <laughs> started exploding out of the sky and shit like that. So, but yeah, that dude, that line just hit <laughs> me so good. I wondered if they were doing that intentionally, you know, like to be funny or. If they just know. really wanted to spell it out. I don't know, because the rest of the <laughs> attempted humor is pretty corny and not great. So I will say, um, I really appreciated that Sandy was like the mastermind behind getting everything rolling. Because like in, in movies, I think especially back in the 80s, it would typically be like the male lead who's like, well, he comes up with the plan or whatever. But Sandy was like, we need to do this. We need to do this. We need to do this. And he was like, all right. And then they just did it. And it worked. It was all, I liked that. Yeah, I mean, he is pretty much just like a passenger on this, and he's just he's told exactly what to do. You know, he's he's a he's a pretty much a nothing character. Like, I don't really see like a lot of. I mean, at the beginning they paint him. He's he, he's got a little bit of confidence about him, but he's he's kind of like mousy. He doesn't want to go out of his way. Like he, it looks like he's having trouble with women. Like, I mean. He just seems like a normal average kind of dude, nerd kind of thing, but I don't see any growth like at the end. Like he does he doesn't overcome anything or like he's just literally like given a cheat sheet and it's like this is what you do and he just performs a function and then moves on, you know, like it's Well, when he has that scene with his dad and his dad's like, Well, he talks to his mom and his mom's like, Oh I thought yeah, about whatever this. and his dad's <laughs> like, You gotta fucking go for it. Like, don't be such a fucking bitch. And then he's just he continues to just be a bitch the entire yeah, movie. He doesn't like well, bow up and like fucking, you know, he doesn't have a moment like that. I don't feel like. And his dad, well, his dad also does say like, you have to get your heart broken a little bit. Like he even does tell him like, he does need to get hurt. And I knew it too, the whole time leading up to like Sandy, you know, like him and Sandy are kind of getting together and stuff. I was like, well, obviously she's not forever. So like 
he's going to get his heart broken because him and Sandy have this great thing and then she's going to disappear at the end of the night. Sure enough, he got his heart broken. I was kind of thinking that, because uh, what's the name of the the gal that he did like? Is it Mary? Mary. Mary. Mm-hmm. I was kind of thinking he would take Sandy to the party. Mary would see them together and be like, ooh, he... Get all jealous. He is yeah. a desirable, but no. <laughs> no, instead, they get to the party and everyone's dead already. And they turn around and they're all just waiting on the stairs. Some of them can talk fine and some of them can just moan. <laughs> yeah. But then they yeah. all just wait for the perfect moment to pounce. I thought that was funny. He's like, damn it, we're late. We missed it. Getting that ring back from the jock boy did not take what I I thought that was going to be the hardest thing to get because it's on the body of one of the dead. And they got that shit so easy. They're like, all right, got it. Let's go. (laughs) Yeah. I was beginning to talk about one of my pet peeves and I went off on a dumb gym tangent and uh but that was like my, one of my problems with this too i mean you gotta weigh things and you know like this is a tv movie abc yada 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 they're not it's this isn't like high art but it is really fucking convenient like and how easy it is it's like the guy that you need this shit to perform this thing he's happens to be the tip of the spear <laughs> like attacking yeah. you and you're able to get him in this fucking the door and like oh get the ring his hands perfectly it's the right hand. <laughs> yeah like well and is it on. is it sandy who gives him like the saw or the 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 knife the that's just like <laughs> yeah it's like just fucking cut his finger off and he's like i'm gonna put syrup on it <laughs> It's like what? It's like a microcosm of what's happening there. Yeah, she's like, <laughs> like he's gonna need this hand later. Oh man. She's like, cut it off. <laughs> <laughs> Have you a valediction, boy? Um, yeah, I, I really don't like that part. It's like they could have done something. It they, it wouldn't have been that hard, like if it takes another five minutes or yeah, I just thought that was like a lack of a imagination. <laughs> something like yeah it just seemed all way way too convenient the i want to see them fight <laughs> even, i mean yeah i mean even when they go back i mean they drive in a car they build some tension by like the the fucking cliche like oh the car won't start all of a sudden now yeah um, when the car had no of- problems the whole movie <laughs> the car starts I mean, just fine the entire movie and then all of a sudden the minute that they're trying to peel out of there Oh my God, what's going on? And then not only that, but then they get in the car and they go to the cemetery to finish the ritual. And these, these other, the fucking whole horde of zombie fucks don't have transportation. So they shambled their way there (laughs) quick enough to where it's a, it's still a struggle to get the bones and the fucking wax or whatever the fuck to, to seal the, the ancient scroll and reverse the curse. So they took a shortcut. (laughs) Well, I guess, fuck. So why is it all of a sudden a hard top when the wolfman shredded through the original top that was there? Is it? I, I didn't notice that. Was well, that a whole, an entire I mean, continuity error or was it a different car? Maybe. No, because they were in the backseat of his car, right? Because they put the top up. Yeah. And then the wolfman jumps in and tears through, right? Yeah, and he shreds drive, the shit out of it. And they drive off. But when they're parked there and the top's up, and all the zombies are like banging on the car. They could either it's either oh, a hard top, or they point. could have crawled through the open hole that the wolfman already 
shredded. Maybe it, maybe it had to have been a different car then. No, uh, at the very end, he puts, at the very end, he pulls the top back down. Yeah, that's okay. that's a really good good call. I need to go back and watch that because I don't remember. So was the top coming up whenever they're about to make out? Was that supposed to be funny? Like that taking it was annoying as shit. <laughs> I thought it was kind of slick. Like, he's just like, yeah, Phil's getting down. I'm going to put the top up, you know, like, give us some privacy. I, just, I don't know. I just thought it was. I know, but the sound, it didn't have to include the the whirring sound for 10 minutes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I need to go. I want to go back and look at that now because, yeah, that's it. I mean, if it had to have been a different car with all of them around him or something because I mean they easily could have jumped in the huge gaping holes. Well, and they even showed the it when they top. showed it from afar, and all of the monsters were on top. There was no hole in the roof. Huh? Yeah, I I totally miss that. Well, that's a ginormous fucking continuity plot issue that you have to grapple with. <laughs> I mean, it's gonna keep them up at night. No bones, no bones about it. Yeah. Um, let's see. I also thought the uh, six foot eight serial killer would have played more of a role. I thought yeah, more of like weird. a like a boss villain, like a boss zombie type thing. Yeah, they set up a couple things like that. That that's a, a big one. That it seems like they go out of their way at least a little bit to make you aware of, and even show like the grave, like murderer, killer, whatever. He goes after the, the judge. Yeah, and then Instead, the cops mention it too. Dad, the abusive dad. <laughs> yeah, maybe that's as far as they got with it, and they're like, "Okay, this is enough." When they just moved on to other shit, I thought that was pretty cheesy. When the the dad, the asshole uh, of Mitch, who is also the judge, and when he's getting dispatched, the fucking zombies like guilty. Yeah, guilty. <laughs> like, all right, come on. I like the um, um, they do when they were talking about it though. When they first got to the cemetery and they're talking about the the serial killer or whatever. And they're like, yeah, he's got all these bo- 18 bodies in his backyard and all this kind of stuff. And they're like, yeah, he's six foot eight. And this guy. And then Mitch, like they're talking about this six foot eight psychotic killer. And Mitch is like, sounds like my kind of guy. <laughs> what? <laughs> I didn't pick up on that. That's fucking weird, man. I heard that. Like, I- what do you got going on, bro? That is weird. I really wish that um, at some point during all the chaos later in the movie, they just cut to that mom knitting because she like throughout all she's the chaos, still there, just she's fucking... just sitting there knitting. I wish they had just cut to, yeah, mom just knitting away, not unbothered. She was unbothered that entire time. Yeah, she was fucking riding a wave for sure. Like dad like, slapping like... dad, or, dad slapping my son around. Working on my yeah, project. and he's going around bitching about everything too, and she's just like. Like, honestly, been there. Have another scotch, honey. Yeah, for a TV movie, why didn't they have the son that was being abused by his drunk father, like, not get killed by his zombie drunk father? Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I always thought Lucinda must have taken him out or something, but then, no, sure as shit, his dad just tosses him around like a fucking ragdoll and breaks his neck ostensibly, or, yeah, you just did. He's got the bleeding eyes. Yeah, and he was doing a weird thing with his voice at the end too. Like, eh, it kind of felt a little cheese ball, but 
Fun fact about him, uh, I, this is probably an obscure figure that's lost on people, but that guy is the son, one of the three acting sons of uh, Dom DeLuise. Um, people remember him probably of a certain age. He was in a lot of stuff. He piled around with um, uh, Burt Reynolds a lot. Um, he's kind of a tongue-in-cheek I, I, I remember him from a, a parody that they did with fucking Billy Zane of The Silence of the Lambs. It was called The Silence of the Hams. I know exactly it, dude, what you're talking about. It's so fucking cheeseball. If you've seen the movie cover, <laughs> I bet Steve might have seen it. Logan, you're probably too young, but I remember always seeing the movie cover in like Blockbuster. And it's like this big fat like face smushed like and it says silence of the hams in the silence of the lambs script so you have you seen that you know the silence of the lambs cover with the woman with the butterfly or the moth over her mouth yeah so it's that cover except it's his face and it's smushed together and there's something else in there i forget what it is i I used to rent the shit out of that when i was like 10 i have seen yeah (laughs) (laughs) it's a good time but yeah i thought that was fun that there i mean there's a little Maybe nepotism going on, some nepo babies in in this flick between Sherry Belafonte and uh, old Deloise. Um, I looked at his family, like the other three brothers. There's one in particular. I've seen him in a, like 50 commercials. I'm like, oh, fuck. And you really look at him and it's like, that does look like it would be Dom Deloise's son. And I, I want to say Phil's mom at the beginning. I think I'm pretty sure that's Dom Deloise's wife. Uh, any hoodles? Uh, this I do. Dick's gonna love all this, I bet, because he's he's the age, like he's like ten or fifteen years older than us, where a lot of this stuff is more, like probably on on front of mind for him that he's more familiar with. But, um, yeah, I mean, just to wrap it up, like I I think I've I've uh compared this to or I I sold it to people others as like a pg-13 version of uh night of the demons it kind of has that same yeah. vibe ish yeah. and maybe even a pg version of that but um this is a, an especially good one i think if you have kids like i watched this with my son who's almost two i mean i can really watch anything with him and he won't give a shit um but my daughter really liked it a lot. She's just turning seven. So I think this is a good one for, you know, kind of like like little kids, early teens. We'll probably dig on this pretty good. But even, you know, like if you grew up, if you're a Gen X-ish range, I think it, it for me, it instills a lot of uh, Halloween nostalgia, especially the beginning. It kind of sets the tone. Um, and I, I think because it's so rare. And there's recognizable figures like LeVar Burton mm-hmm. um, and just kind of the whole vi- the vibe of the film. I, I think it's a fun, low stakes um, Halloween entry. That's that's a solid addition when you're getting into the season and watching seasonal fare. Like I said, um, it reminded me a lot of uh, Hocus Pocus. They, they share a lot of similar yes. beats. And I feel like Disney maybe even saw this movie and was like, they took some notes from it for Hocus Pocus. I believe it. That's a good call. I kept meaning to come back to that when you mentioned Hocus Pocus earlier. Like, yeah, if you're a fan of Hocus Pocus, you can definitely get on board with this, I feel like. 100%. 
Um, I know we, we kind of glossed over this movie. We didn't really hit all the points, uh, point by point, but I don't think that's necessary. I think it's overkill for a a flick like this, but is there anything between the three of you that I missed or any points in the, in the film that you liked particularly that you want to touch on? Um, no, I, I mean, I, I pretty much agree with what you're saying, like PG night of the, um, Night of the Demons, TV mm-hmm. specifically TV movie special. Night of the Demons is like that's a great way to 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 put that out there. I definitely get those great spooky Halloween vibes. Like it's definitely a, a seasonal Halloween movie. That um, yeah, like you said, our our age group that's eighties nostalgia, eighties growing up, nineties feels. For sure. We didn't talk about it a whole lot, but um, I thought that uh, I thought I was expecting Sandy to be like a more sinister character. Like throughout the movie, I was like waiting for it to drop whenever they're about to have sexy time. I was like, oh, yeah, real motives are about to come through. And like there was even points when she was like sitting there talking to Phil where I was like, Phil, don't talk to her. You don't understand. (laughs) She's in bed. (laughs) Phil, no. But I'm, I'm I thought, I thought right the now. same thing. <laughs> I thought it was really sweet though that she ended up kind of just being like a a fleeting love interest for Phil. And also, I know we already kind of talked about the little guy, but the other zombie that was at the party who just kind of like made noise and stuff, and who everyone would like interact with and stuff. I really loved his character. I I was very endeared to that one. Did you catch the line when um he enters right in front of Phil and Sandy? I think it is. Maybe it's earlier. Maybe it's Phil and someone else in his friend group or whatever. But they see him and he, he's like, "Oh, who's, he must. Where's he from?" And the, the gal, maybe oh, it's another Mary, high school. Is like, yeah, yeah, she's from. He must be from some other high school. And he's like, "What junior high?" <laughs> yes, yeah, I remember that. It was Melissa who said that line because yeah, she was she was walking around. She was Miss Host. That's right. Yeah, wasn't it her house? Yeah. Yeah, because okay. it was the family. So I was confused at that first. I was like, okay, so they still live there because when, um, when he was describing, he says, "Oh yeah, there's a party." When he's telling Sandy, "Oh yeah, there's a party at the old whatever Cavender. the last name Cavender, Cavender house, at the old the old Cavender house." I thought it was like an abandoned spooky house. That's what and I they thought. They get there too. and it's yeah, all that's like, what I, was too. I was like, man, they cleaned up this abandoned house, nice. But yeah. that, that kind of reminded me of Night of the Demons too, because I'm pretty sure at least. So I haven't seen the original one. I saw the remake, but at least in the remake they have it at just like some random ass house that you could like rent or whatever. Oh okay. It wasn't like rundown and decrepit, like it was, but they dressed it up really nicely for the party. Oh, okay, gotcha. Yeah, isn't Eddie Furlong in that one? I couldn't tell you. She doesn't know. I don't. I don't know. Uh, the, <laughs> do you know that? Do you know Terminator Two? Terminator Two. We've been the over this. <laughs> I know. I know your your Schwarzenegger <laughs> biography still, is not good. Still making my way through it, but. Terminator 2 is definitely on the short list. <laughs> we're, we're still working Back to the Future in. I'm going to watch that this year. <laughs> That's actually insane that you've never seen Back yeah. to the Future. She's How long How long into that movie before Logan's going to say, this is pretty problematic? <laughs> <laughs> well, Back to the Future, those are good Christmas time watches too, right? No? They're good, they're good anytime, anytime watches. All right, all right. All day, any every 
yeah i mean i i i know people give you shit and so do we but like you can't help being younger and not seeing well, this stuff but well no back to it's the like every every generation has decision like i had various film bros being like it's a perfect movie for me to be like well you can fuck off but i think it's <laughs> i've grown up enough now to where i'm like i should probably watch it <laughs> i get that too i was and steve knows about like the whole game of thrones thing like when stuff gets too big or it's like like that it it, it can rub me the wrong way too and i want it like I, oh you know fun fact much- fun fact about the director of this uh dog shit movie he, he actually he actually directed two episodes of Game of Thrones. Oh, one, yes. of, one of which was the Hodor hold the door. Oh fuck! Yeah. What? Yes. I did not know that. That's Damn. like one of the best episodes. Yeah, it is one of the best episodes towards the end of the worst season. Yeah, that's an episode that crumpled me for sure emotionally. The last one? <laughs> No, the one he's talking about, Hodor. The Hodor episode. Well, he said the worst seminal. season, so I imagine he would mean the last one. Oh. It, it is the last season, right? No. No, I that's think that's season five. Six. I think it's five or six that that one's in. Yeah. It was uh, still in good. That was still in good uh, times. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Forget I said anything then. Dude, that I did. I saw that piece of trivia also, but I, I didn't look at what the specific episodes that he did direct. That's interesting. Do you know wow. the other episode? It's also a banging episode. The Red Wedding. <laughs> yeah, no, it, I think it was either like That'd the be one so before wild. or the one after, and it had to do with the like the High Sparrow subplot, which I just really was not super yeah. interested in. That shit definitely wrote. That's definitely on my shit list of. Was, was Pedro Pascal in any of these episodes? More importantly. I don't, I don't think so. Was gone. No. I think he, I think was, he was long by dead by then. Yeah. <laughs> he dies? <laughs> Dude, Spoilers. That's that's one of the ones that, that got me that I was like, mm, I wish I could have that one back, man. That one really, for like a couple weeks, that one really pissed me the fuck off. <laughs> oh. And that was before Pedro had like blown up and been like yeah. this figure who he is. He was just He's a rad. That fucking Viper was such a rad motherfucker. He, I, I, I did watch. I think Sean Evans in his uh, in his Hot Ones episode they talk about his death in Game of Thrones because Sean Evans. Yeah, they do. He talked about him. how it was like it was super hot when they filmed, and and, and the, blood. the blood was like nice and cool on his head. And so he's like, "Yeah, that part was like dope." Oh, fuck. <laughs> Yeah, that one. Uh, that was tough. Because he Sorry. had the righteous. He had the righteousness on his side too. The righteous fucking justice. He was. Uh, he let the he ego was, just go a step too far. Yeah, he Celebrating he, too early. He, he had it in the bag, but yeah. Never celebrate too early. Uh, this guy, what's his name? Jack Bender also did. Some episodes of Lost. I didn't key in on the ones mm. that he did, um, but yeah, I I was like, dude, what a what! And he directed Child's Play three. Yo, he's got a wild <laughs> fucking filmography. He did some Alias, Game of Thrones, Lost, uh, Mr. Mercedes, Steve. I, yeah. I don't know if you've. I know you're a fan of the books. I believe. Yeah. Yep. Oh yeah. Um, they did a, a limited series of Mr. Mercedes. It was pretty fucking brutal. Uh, with um, 
they did what's that Irish dude's name? Brennan fuck. I can't remember. I know exactly what you're talking about. Yeah, he's in fucking uh uh gangs in New York. He's in yep. a ton of shit. Our flag means death. No, <laughs> I don't think that. What is this? Brennan Gleason. God damn yep. it. Oh, that's guy. I love that guy. Oh, never mind. I'm thinking about someone else. Never mind. He's awesome. Well, um, did some under the dome. Yeah. What a weird career. Um, I'm glad you keyed in on that. I saw that too. That was a really great fact. I was trying to get that bump when, uh, from season one, when Sean Bean, uh, is when he come, when he figures out the fucking blood, the Baratheon shit. And he says, whatever, whatever, blonde of hair. Um, I love that scene when he fucking figures it all out. Mm. Um, oh yeah. So I have a couple, so we were, we were, I was trying to secretly coordinate a, a forced reunion of Ghoulish university and having, uh, <laughs> Logan and Thon and Nadere join us. And he was unable to join, but he, he texted me the other night and said he was watching, uh, the midnight hour. And he wanted to share some of his live thoughts as he watched. So I'm going to go down a couple uh, nuggets that I picked out that I thought were fun. Uh, some of these are just one-liners. Like, obvious, I, I could have guessed this one, but when we see our first appearance of Red Foreman at the beginning as the, as the cop, Red Foreman, exclamation points. Um, <laughs> that feels like a Logan move. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, the teacher is a fox. Um, she is. Dude with glasses could be Jared Leto's dad. I don't know if I agree with that. Um, no, he he looks like Rick Moranis's kid. Yeah, <laughs> that's that's fair. Um, <laughs> then she said, "This cheerleader's a zombie, right?" <laughs> Talking about Sandy. I had the same note. <laughs> If this dude bangs the zombie cheerleader, is it still necrophilia? Nope. <laughs> I agree. Nope. <laughs> Zomboner. Zom I don't know that way. Steve didn't even need to think about it. Nope. <laughs> nope. Yeah. That nope. was instant awesome. Yeah, I agree wholeheartedly. Um, <laughs> Sandy can get it dead or undead. Um, how about the two? Uh, how about the we didn't we didn't touch on it at the at the party? The two zombies that were getting it on. Oh yeah. Okay, I wanted to come back to this guy too before we we end the episode real quick. Um, so I I I like the. Uh, they do this funny, stupid gag. I've seen it in other movies, but when they raise the undead, there's one undead that's like a fish out of water. Like he's not really a threat. He's not fucking turning people. He's not doing anything. He's like, like he, he's roaming around like, Oh, and he, he sees a paper and he grabs the paper and he's like reading it. And he's like, that's the one miming. I was trying to talk about. Yeah. 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 yeah, he's like miming like his old life or whatever. And then um, at the beginning, they set it up like this kind of this back and forth with Phil. So they set it up. Phil's leaving and the zombie comes out and he fucking backs into him. And he's like, oh, fuck, I'm sorry. You know, whatever. And he's like shambles on. 
Then they go back later to the party. This fucking fish out of water zombie guy shows up and Phil sees him. He's like, oh, hey, I sorry. I I didn't see you back yes. there. I'm sorry for hitting you earlier. You know, like he sees him throughout and then he sees him like he's eating popcorn. He's like, popcorn. Like, Scooping his nasty hands <laughs> through the community bowl. Yeah, and he, he, he pops up a few other times throughout this party. And then, I mean, w- one of the points that we skipped was Phil is just striking out left, right, and <laughs> Everyone there, including Mary, Mary, Mary she's straight up in there. like, "Fuck you!" Yeah, she's like, every opportunity he has to say something to her. She's like, "Oh, I gotta go do this." Like, she's, she's a boy. She's she trying to ghost him. Him. Yeah. Hey. <laughs> Nicely done, Tom. I love it. Um, Baseball. Um, <laughs> Damn it. Uh, <laughs> I love that bump. Um, but then, yeah, later on. So it's like it. they bring they they really stick with this gag because, you know, Phil's going through it. You know, he's he's getting shot down. He He's just like moping around this party, you know, and seeing everyone having fun and like people getting together. And then it all it comes all the way down to the zombie fucko finds another zombie chick and sidles up next to him on the couch and they start making out. Making like they, that's out. how they. They pay it for like they they bring it full circle just like full tongue. But bo- <laughs> both both Phil being a fucking flat dick and this zombie character that we've had sprinkled throughout this whole goddamn movie, like just rubbing dirt in his eye at that point. Is that what you were getting at? Like yeah, like him him strolling into the fucking party of yeah. all people. And he he's like, hit me with your fucking car. Well, I'm gonna get more chicks than you. Bitch. <laughs> Zombie had Riz, huh, Logan? He had Riz! <laughs> yeah. I mean, it was kind of dumb and like sophomoric, but I, I liked it. Oh, no, it was, it was like it was, one of my favorite parts. <laughs> yeah. It was a fun, kind of charming little gag that they had with that guy. And I, I guess to a lesser degree, that little person won because uh, at some point, too, he's like sitting there on the stoop or on the steps with with Phil kind of commiserating with him uh, and he gives him his fucking shades, you know, like during guys the, like us, you know, like <laughs> during the, uh, the dance party, I think at one point you see him on like the bar top counter, like he's having a good fucking time. He oh, was just okay. one of the, he was just one of the guys who just wanted to, you know, <laughs> enjoy some things that he couldn't now that he's dead. He wasn't specifically looking to turn others. He was just trying to, I'm here to fucking party. I'm saying, um, do I hear a dog? Do I hear a dog snoring to death? Or sorry, sorry, she is <laughs> she is snoring over here, but she's definitely not to death. She's just okay. snoring. Sorry, <laughs> don't be sorry. Um, it's my white noise it helps me. <laughs> Dude, that's Cute. like the best kind. On natural, she's sleeping uh, off that chief's wind today. Oh shit! I didn't tune into any football action. How Taylor Swift centric was? I am so fucking sick. It's not Taylor Swift today. Don't start. She was. I'll have to give you the whole rundown. She was there. Travis Kelsey had twelve catches, one hundred and eighty some yards, and a touchdown oh on balls. National Tight Ends Day. Or on National Tight Ends Day, and her and, her and Patrick Mahomes' wife have a handshake. 
they have their own celebration handshake now. Oh yeah. my goodness. It was it was embarrassing to watch. Are you a Chargers fan? I saw f- no. It <laughs> No, oh, I'm, I'm just on principle. We just opened up a whole new can of worms. No, well, Dude, Steve, Steve likes Taylor Swift too, so I don't understand. I do. I'm just so fucking sick of seeing her on the like national broadcast. And uh, well, he even Travis Kelsey though is literally begging them. He went on SNL and was like, "Can we please talk about something other than Taylor Swift?" I've seen a couple fun memes around this, and one is like um, the scene from Scarface. The montage where Tony Montana and that other fucko from South America, when they go into business, the two head honchos, and they start like printing money basically with like their drug business. And you see the, it's got that fucking push it to the limit. And, yeah. and take, the money counter is just fucking going. They're laughing and shit. Oh, yeah. It's like NFL when this whole Taylor, exploiting this whole Taylor Swift situation. I thought situation. it was today though. <laughs> But I also saw another meme. It was from, I guess, Taylor Swift was in a movie called Amsterdam. Yes. Oh, yeah. And she gets fucking pushed. Yes. In the movie, she gets pushed from the sidewalk in front of a moving car and just fucking crumpled, like, really graphic and nastily. Like, it's like, holy fuck. And that meme was, like, as soon as Kelsey starts playing, like, dog shit KC fans. <laughs> gonna kick her to the fucking curb dude that is like funny. she's gonna become yoko at some point i'm pretty sure thon sent it to me and he was like he was like i it looks like i need to watch this amsterdam movie <laughs> <laughs> i hadn't seen it yet i just saw that one clip and i was like it's sold <laughs> it's pretty fucking brutal man like really brutal you know funny enough i actually haven't seen that movie yet um i couldn't tell you why <laughs> I've heard it's dog shit. That's why I've I've avoided I heard it's really it. Bad. But Leslie Odom Jr.'s in it. I love him. He's also an Exorcist believer, though. So, which was a whole other thing that we won't get into. Anyway, but, sorry. Um, I was gonna do it eventually, no, right? <laughs> you're good. I I got a couple others from Nate that I think we'll finish off uh, with from Naderade that he sent. Um, one of his funny pun that I alluded to before. Um, so then he goes, this cheerleader's thirsty as fuck. Wolfman's a cock block and red foreman turn into dead foreman. Hello. Hey. Hello, ladies. <laughs> <laughs> Broke out the Valvinus again. <laughs> Dude, I actually i I had a bump in case he he turned last minute. Was like, yeah, I can make it. I I had a an intro bump for him that I want to play right now. Hey, Anne, how you doing? Good seeing you at the church bar crawl last week. Out was fun. I got a little too drunk. That's all right. What? I was wondering how if you would be offended by the what Midwest is that? nice. It's this fella who does like uh, like little clips about like Midwest Midwest nice, and they just real go they go real tongue in cheek with it. I feel like I saw, I've heard this one that one. Yeah, that's a fun one. So I, I was wondering if he identifies with that or if he takes umbrage. So uh, he'll have to let us know if he listens to the episode. Call it. Um, <laughs> Yeah, and he ended up his verdict. He said it, it makes for a good younger audience viewing. Like if I were a substitute teacher in elementary, 
You yeah. want some horror? Uh, oh. I would show this to the class. I thought he was because the substitute teacher <laughs> in the movie. <laughs> I was real worried for a second. <laughs> that could have gone any number of ways. <laughs> I bet our friend Jacqueline could use this movie. Oh, yeah, totally. This would be perfect. We'll just send her that, a link for your kids. That kind of, yeah, that would be perfect for that age group. Totally. Um, all right. I had one other point just to throw out there that I was confused, not confused by, but just like it bothered me for a second was when they were in the, when they were doing Mary's makeup and then they started doing, um, surname, Michelle, Melissa, Melissa, Melissa's makeup or whatever. And then like Lucinda is just standing there in the room and then like, she yeah. starts talking to she starts talking to her and everything. Com- everyone's completely unfazed by this random old woman just standing in the room at the Halloween party. It's yeah, Halloween. Like- well, I don't. I guess you're. At first, I thought you were like. I was like, oh, well, that's Lucinda just trying to get to Melissa first. But then, like, that's her first. Like, oh, missed you. But now I see what you're saying. Like, they literally just do not care. They're like, oh yeah, hi. But I think also like they just write everything off with like cool costume. It's just like, <laughs> yeah, everyone's from another school, but she's just standing in her room. Like, how did she yeah, get like, up there? Like, as a girl, you kind of get it. Like girls will, especially if you're doing makeup and stuff, like they all like to kind of do it together. I don't know. Anyway, it's as a girl's girl, I get it. <laughs> okay. All right. Asked and answered. Um. <clears throat> Is there anything else you guys had, Logan or Steve? Is there anything that we skipped over or anything you wanted to mention before? Uh, uh, no, Macaulay Culkin. Up? Macaulay Culkin is in this one apparently, uncredited as a trick or treater. That's all. Oh, little baby. No, I said my piece. Huh? Didn't you mention he wasn't the one? He wasn't the one at the start, was he? Gee, baby, I no. thought you mentioned that Macaulay Culkin was in this movie to me because I remember. On a recording, I was like, I'm more of a Rory Culkin girly. <laughs> I thought you mentioned No, we were, we were talking about My Girl and how you uh, have to watch My, my girl. girl. I do need to watch that. Yes, you do. It's fucking excellent. I also need to release that episode. <laughs> Logan's going to cry like a baby. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's pretty tough. There's, uh, I will say that. Steve, I don't think we've talked. Have you seen My Girl? Yeah, of course. Um, okay. I mean, you don't want to oversell it for how sad it is. Yeah, it's it's not like, you know, it's going to fuck fuck your whole world up. You know, it's not that level. But, no, but I mean, I, it's pretty sad if you sit and think about it. I like, almost cried at the end of this movie. Like, I was feeling it a little bit whenever she was like, oh, I love you. And then I knew she was about to disappear. I was like. And he didn't say it back. <laughs> Doesn't he say, it, though, whenever she plays the song on the radio, he's like, I love you too, Sandy. I don't think Aww. so. I think that was just in your mind. No, he does. He does. He does? Okay. Yeah. <laughs> but also, I took. I seriously took that ending as everyone died because they all vanished and you don't <laughs> see him again. He just drives away by himself. Well, maybe that was him. Maybe he actually... Maybe he actually died and he was cruising off into the pearly gates. That's Jeez. just like a... That's a... That's a <laughs> Steve's like, Jesus, holy fuck. How deep are we getting? 
I call this game fair. I'll go to the papers. Oh, <laughs> just had to. <laughs> oh, it's for me, I, huh? I had to for Thon. Move, children. Vamanos. And that one's for you. Vamos. <laughs> I'm not going to hurt you. I'm a policeman. <laughs> I'm going to kill you, son. Oh, please. <laughs> Dude, I love that. How can that be profitable for Frito-Lay? <laughs> I've seen some somebody, they've already made memes out of Killers of the Flower Moon where they insert, they juxtapose that Frito-Lay shit with Jesse Plemons, an FBI investigator character. <laughs> like, <laughs> he's like, tell me again about Frito-Lay. <laughs> Oh, I saw that one. Yeah. <laughs> it's so nuts. Uh, it's a great yeah, book. I haven't seen the movie yet. I hear it's I don't like think it's, 15 and a half hours. It's, um, I think it's three hours, 26 minutes. I was yeah. going to say, I heard it was three and a half, but the pace is good. Why? Oh. When are we gonna? Dude. When are we going to get inter- intermissions back? If we're going to have three and a half hour movies, which we've had them for a long fucking time. When are we going to get our intermissions? I feel like they, I agree. they're a necessity. Yeah. We I start? could have used one for Oppenheimer. I really fucking could have used one for that. I could have used one Because I didn't want to move. I didn't want to move or get up. But I was like, I got to. I have to. I, I've seen The Dark Knight. I could have used one during The Dark Knight whenever I saw it last month, too. <laughs> yeah, I, I didn't. Just, I didn't. I didn't need to piss during Oppenheimer, but I was worried the entire time. Like, oh, fuck. If I need, I, I can't. No, there's no yeah, way it's one of those up. movies you miss a little bit of it. It's like it could throw the whole fucking thing off, you <laughs> yeah. know? Like you'll I'm miss the wrong thing. You'll miss right the wrong now. five minutes. Yeah. Yeah. It needs to go back to if it's gonna end up being on two VHS tapes, you need an intermission. <laughs> That's I'm the fucking rule. saying we need to start leaving comments in the comment boxes at these theaters. We need to be like, we need our fucking intermission. <laughs> for the love of God. <laughs> Start a grassroots campaign. I'm I'm gonna do it. <laughs> what am I? What's my legacy gonna be? I brought back intermissions. At the end. I mean, why not? If they can bombard us with fucking, I swear, I feel like every year it increases a little bit the amount of preview time that's involved. Like, if yeah. we can endure thirty, I I counted it one time, like no bullshit. Even giving them the benefit of the doubt, it was twenty seven minutes of shit before a movie started. One time, I was like, this is redonk. Well, and, 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 and it's the, also it's also in the best interest of the theater for an intermission because they're they're going to sell more shit if they if they're going to take a ten minute break. Like, yeah, people are going to yeah. go take a piss. I was just going to increase profit go. margins. <laughs> I'm definitely yeah. getting a glizzy for sure if I have God a if a safe, stupid. like verified <laughs> ten minute in, intermission. I'm like, getting a refill. I'm not going to just chance it. It's going to happen, you know? Dude, also, like, back to the previews. I Speaking of three-hour movies, I went to an Eras Tour movie showing this week that started at 10 p.m. I didn't leave oh, the fucking theater till after 1 a.m. And part of that was because of the fucking trailers. I was like, oh, another one? Jesus, fuck. Yeah. <laughs> They go hard. And it's not just trailers anymore. It's like commercials and then like bullshit for that theater. Like Regal has got one of the worst fucking theater, like their own Regal theater brand commercial. 
God, it fucking pisses me off so bad. And also they have to remind everybody to be quiet at the beginning too. So it's like you get whatever, you know, bullshit for that too. Which yeah. I don't think that's bullshit because yeah, I think they- it's necessary because some people still don't fucking get it. But Yeah, those kind of people are always gonna exist. Whether they get a warning or not, though. I'll never get that. It's like, why did you come? <laughs> so I can see your fucking screen brightness. We need to invite Miles into the chat real quick. (laughs) (laughs) Poor man. (laughs) Poor fella. Um, All right. Well, I think that's going to do it for us this evening for the midnight hour. Uh, Awesome Halloween season, low stakes, rare gem to add to your repertoire, I say. Um, Sounds like we're all... At least at minimum, a soft recommend, Steve. Would oh, you yeah. say? I think you're yeah. at the lower end. Oh yeah. Okay. Highly recommend. Parti- yeah. Sweet. Particularly a seasonal delight or affair. Um, thank you very much for you guys coming on, uh, Logan. Do you want to plug? I I apologize. I I just I always do this, oh. but uh, do you want to plug where? You can find Ghoulish University for our listeners. Yeah. Um, so you can email us at ghoulishuniversity at gmail.com if you so choose. You can find us on Twitter at ghoulishuni. And you can find us on Instagram at ghoulishuniversity. Um, I don't post on them very often, but I do make sure to check them and clear my notifications. So, um, yeah, that's where you can find us. All just Ghoulish University in the name. Word. You guys are about to close out season three of your Tales from the Crypt. Yes. Reviews, retrospective. Yes, and I, I kind of wanted to keep it a little bit of a, a surprise, but I think that, no, it probably won't come out by the time this one does. But uh, host Naderade does make his triumphant return for that one. Nice. Um, and uh, you guys, it's going to be a pretty entertaining one. We had a good time. So um, I've come around a little nice. bit. We we had a talk <laughs> about my feelings on season three. I think I, I like it more than I was letting on, but well, you'll get to that in the wrap up. It's pretty good. Right on. That bodes well. Cause I was hyping season four and five. Cause it sounded like you were season, you were a little down on season three, but I, th- I think there still is, there is a lot of good it, in three. But that bodes well, even if you're coming around to three, even more so to stay the course and look forward to, there's some real bangers in season four and five, for sure. Yeah, yeah, and I'm going to be reaching out to you guys about Demon Knight here pretty soon. Um, We won't be in time for Halloween, but Thon, of course, you're always welcome to come back for that one if you wanted to, Um, which Thon can come back whenever he wants. (laughs) Professor of Astrology, we miss him. (laughs) But life, life happens. Well, do. That's Billy Zane. He's a cool guy. He's trying to help you out. Listen to your friend Billy Zane. Yeah, <laughs> the Zane main. Uh, cool. Well, thanks again, Logan, for coming on and joining us, and Thon making the time last minute, springing it on you. Um, that was great. I'm glad you, you guys enjoyed the flick and uh, may it live on. Yes. Maybe we'll get a, a re-release on DVD or Blu-ray or it's, it's not even on streaming right now, but um, to those of you catching this late and just listening to the episode, if you haven't seen it, it is on YouTube. Just type in the midnight hour, 1985. It'll, there's like five or six really solid links to it. Um, and there's still time by the time this comes out, I think it'll be the 26th of October. So 
perfect for the Halloween season. Um, Much love. Next week. Oh, sorry. I was just going to say word. thank you. Really appreciate y'all having me on too. Awesome. Yeah. Yeah. yeah thank you. It was great. Good, good to see you guys. Word. Um, next week. Uh, it's a little up in the air. I don't know what we're talking about. We're breaking out of our, our Halloween season spectacular. So it'll be a mystery episode. Uh, we'll see what we're going to talk about. Uh, I'll try to plug it on socials beforehand. But uh, if you want to reach out to us, you can do so at uh, wax at waxingtheporpoise.com or either of our socials. Instagram is at waxingtheporpoise. Twitter is at waxingtheporp. Um, thanks again for coming on. Steve, any final thoughts? Nope, nothing for me. Did the old lady, did you get the old lady to watch this too or no? This is a solo uh, no, she was busy, so she hasn't watched it. And I've, I've kind of been contemplating if she, if she would like it. So, is Do you think it's a little bit too cornball for her kind of taste? Um, undetermined. I think she would like it after, after the fact, but. Okay. Yeah, I'll probably, I'll probably make her watch it in the next week. Word. Love. Sweet. <laughs> All right, gang. Thank you again, and we will see you when we see you, and we will see you later. <laughs> Got your ass. <laughs>